Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. We're your hosts, Janine and Naomi, and today we have again with us Dallin Brun, who is a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher in Linden, Utah. We have him back again. He joined us last week, helping us to understand a little bit of what mindfulness was and the tool that it can be in our tool belt when we're dealing with intense trauma. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. He is he has traveled all over the world attending mindfulness retreats and receiving training from so many of the best in the world on this particular subject. He's joining us again today to help us practice a guided meditation. So welcome back, Dallin. We appreciate you joining us again. Thanks for inviting me. Last week on our episode, you helped our listeners and us to understand a little bit more about what mindfulness was. And today, we appreciate your willingness to share with us a guided meditation. So what, what would be helpful for our listeners to prepare for this? Furthering maybe this discussion on on trauma. For those who've never had any experience with mindfulness, what we'll do is sort of like what a parent would do with a child to help them learn to ride a bike. You know, they'll put some training wheels on or they'll hold the seat. Before we dive into an exploration of what is my trauma, what's going on, that, that kind of thing, uh, we're going to set that aside. That might be too much to chew on initially. What what feels really nice is maybe coming up for air and feeling a moment of safety and peace in whatever you're experiencing. This is called mindfulness of breath, the exercise um, I'd like to introduce to you. And this can come in a moment of calm or a moment of trauma when you're trying to sleep But I would definitely recommend when you'd like to practice this, if you can, um, find some time where we can minimize maybe the outside distractions, maybe turn a light off, sit comfortably, maybe you could lay down. I'd like to explain a bit of the philosophy behind this practice, and then we'll go right into the practice. What we'll be doing is practicing mindfulness. If you remember these vital ingredients, we're going to show up and we're going to practice a relaxation of control, a relaxation of judgment. And we're going to practice that on our breathing. That doesn't mean breathing has some mystical mindful powers. Our breath is tied to our parasympathetic nervous system. So if we choose something on the body to focus on, it's a good choice. It's the same thing an EMT would often advise a trauma victim. Breathe for me. Breathe for me. They want to calm their patients down and reduce the probability of shock. Breathing is calming, or it can be. So that's the why of why we're choosing our breath. 
but I, I'd like you to open the possibility to whatever may interest you. Any maybe physical part of the body or a movement, yoga is a really popular one. And you can tailor this to your experience. We'll, we'll try together with the breath though. And another thing I'd like to mention is let's relax the notion entirely that we're supposed to be doing something or that we're supposed to be succeeding at something, okay? This mode, we place that expectation on almost everything we ever do. Everything we do, we want the outcome that we are expecting. And that's natural and it's normal. And this is why mindfulness can feel new because I'm actually asking participants to relax that. We're not doing mindfulness in order to become a better person or in order to fix the problems that we're in. This is a, a sort of radical notion. We're, we're really seeing what it feels like to just breathe. And, and guess what, folks? You're always doing that. So you can't fail. Let's just relax this pressure to succeed. Okay, so that those are the two instructions. We're gonna hang out with the breath and relax any potential that we could be doing this wrong. Now, some things you'll notice that make you feel like you're doing it wrong. Your mind, this ruminating mind that Janine was referring to, is likely to visit. And it's likely to do this without your choice. It's an involuntary process. Like, all right. It's kind of annoying when you're trying to go to sleep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, and it makes it makes sleeping difficult. It can make life difficult. If, if that thought pattern is quite negative or vicious, it can feel very natural to want to break from it. And it can also feel very natural that what mindfulness is is throwing you into this wrestling match with it. Okay. And that's that's how a lot of people feel. But I would just like to, if, if, if at all possible, um, depressurize that outcome. The mind will visit you. We're expecting it. I would invite, finally, a reframing. We've been using words like vicious thoughts or ruminate. We have a connotation with rumination that that's a bad thing. From a very real perspective, that it's true. Thoughts can be they can have negative content. But I would like to reframe that <laughs> and let's see what it feels like to categorize not only the visitation of the mind, but whatever else may come as normal and natural. And okay, this is my life as it's happening. Oh, there's the mind thinking about the future. Okay, mind. Okay. So rather than label that as I'm not doing mindfulness correctly or this a bad thing just happened to me. We're just going to, we're going to see what it might feel like to be like, oh, now this is happening and that's normal. Like what you're describing sounds like, again, letting go of control over where your mind is and what it's doing maybe in that, in that kind of acceptance of, okay, I know my mind is showing up here right now and these are the thoughts. And then, and then my thoughts are too at the same time. When you're laying in bed and you're trying to go to sleep and you can't shut those thoughts off, whatever they might be, because sometimes maybe they're not ruminating, but maybe they are just all of the thoughts that you have, like, 
all the things that you need to do the, you know, I guess it, I guess it comes in the form of future thinking and (laughs) at least as a mom, right. You're, you're thinking about the next day and how to manage the kids and get the kids to work together and, and all of these things. But then when you can't shut that off, when there's additional trauma or experiences that come in, can it be that simple, I guess, as accepting those thoughts and letting go of control? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. See, it's never that simple. It's It just never is. And I really want to clarify when the big misconception about what mindfulness is, is like, I'm teaching you to just become this enlightened doormat where you're so mindful that anything can just walk right <laughs> over you. And you're so chill because you're so accepting. You're so fine about that's not at all the case. We will be practicing a sort of radical acceptance in the moment, but it's not so that that's going to seep into every moment of your life. The, The idea here is that we're so identified with the ruminating thoughts. We don't even know there's an, there's an alternate perspective. We have no idea. It just, a thought comes in and the, the identification is instantaneous and therefore the effect not only on how we feel, but how we behave can be reactionary. The idea of accepting a thought is actually, you're backing away a bit from it and you're looking at it, not directly face to face with it, but from a distance, like, oh, there's a bird in the background. Oh, my foot feels a little cold right now. Oh, I just had that thought about the future. And then you're like, wait a second, the pronoun in those sentences is a safer version of me, is a version that can can look at these things with a bit of distance. And therefore, over time, this new relationship to thinking may emerge. And again, we're not expecting that overnight necessarily. Even in the short term, you are literally giving your identity, yourself, a break by choosing to place your attention on something that is inherently safe and that is not the thoughts. Yeah, hopefully that covers your question. How does that feel? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Okay, I am gonna prescribe this particular form of meditation as a sort of a remedial medication for those moments of heightened thought. I think uh, there won't be any surprises of what we'll be doing. We'll, We'll be gently placing our attention on breathing and we'll be seeing what it feels like to allow our situation to be. You don't have to push yourself into the deep end. If acceptance isn't feeling very safe or available right now, that's okay. We'll just hold attention. It's okay. You can be very gentle with yourself and let's just maybe see what that feels like. I just remember back to those times where I was in a group mindfulness session and being introduced to my own thought processes for the first time and not really realizing until I was introduced to mindfulness, I couldn't escape from that relationship. It was, it was fixed. And so it was like getting this very fresh perspective and looking over and, you know, for me, it was anxiety, but anxiety is very related to trauma. And, you know, so I would have a very scary thought or something like often my thought process where they'd amount to, you're not good enough. You're kind of a 
bad person, you know, and then that would make me feel bad. And then there wasn't any part of me that was questioning those thoughts themselves. And over time, when I started looking, taking a new distance, a little bit of space from my thinking, even today, if I had a negative thought, most of me would be like, oh, there's a thought, it's negative, and it's welcome, but I'm not going to necessarily automatically believe it anymore. See, there's this sort of new working relationship to thinking. And I think mindfulness is a, a really vital tool in helping people find that yeah. new relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this, I think it kind of leads us into this um, kind of what you're leading up to with the, with this practice. So we're going to have Dallin help us through a guided meditation. Where would you suggest would be the best place to do this? Probably not driving in a car. If you're driving in a car, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might not be the best place to start. Uh, I would I would suggest somewhere safe. If you're feeling that the environment that you're currently in is safe and you, that you're feeling somewhat comfortable, that's perfect. The tools are always with you for this. So there's no need to like, you know, grab a textbook or something. You have everything you need. A lot of times when you're beginning, it can be helpful to close your eyes, but that's also not required. So you choose whatever feels most comfortable. Let's recognize that our bodies are already breathing and our bodies already know how to do that very well. For the most part, 99% of every breath we take is done involuntarily, automatically, suggesting our bodies are good at this. And so no need to bring our taskmaster, no need to bring our internal manager. See what it feels like to arrive with your attention to the body breathing. If it feels better for you, you can modify the, the breathing. If it feels better to breathe a little more deeply or slowly, you can choose. But there's no need to feel like what we're doing with mindfulness is learning to breathe better. So we can relax that direction. Notice. Let's bring our mindful awareness in contact with the sensations of breathing. Let's begin where the air is entering our bodies. So if you'll notice right at the tips of your nostrils, if you're breathing through your nose, or at the lips, if you're breathing through the mouth, there is a sensation at the area of breath entering or exiting.
And if you could just notice the sensory data, the direct experience. And there's no need to visualize or analyze. If you could, for a moment, just hang out. with the sensations of air entering and exiting your body. Noticing your body already succeeding at this without your intervention. In fact, noticing this isn't necessarily an intervention. That's not what we're doing. It's more of a friendly visit to the body's process of breathing. And who is visiting is you, your sense of awareness. Conscious being is placing its capacity of awareness on the sensations of breathing. So my guidance throughout this meditation, it will be plan A. Plan B will be whatever else happens, either consciously or unconsciously, besides this. And so plan B is just as normal and just as natural as plan A. So we're expecting visitors from the mind, from the body, Maybe outside sounds, feelings. And it's okay for your attention to be fully enveloped. We're actually just going to call this life as it happens. But the moment you wake up to the, oh, I'm in a, I'm in plan B mode right now. See what it feels like to gently trace your steps back to breathing. And we'll just be on this cycle together for the next few minutes. Let's follow the journey of breath so here we are at its entrance and its exit. What does air feel like as it's flowing from the entrance down into the lungs? It might feel subtle, but can you sense or feel the flowing flow of air 
through the body. Notice the top of the nasal cavity or the back of the throat. Can you somewhat feel some slight tickling sensations in the trachea as you breathe? Just bring in our curiosity, not our tool belt, not our clipboard, just the kind of attitude you bring to the shaded part of a forest where you just want to relax for a bit. Or maybe even the attitude you bring when you're visiting a, a friend who might be sick or not feeling so well. It's sort of that natural mindfulness, a presence that is non judgmental. Letting this mindful awareness become interested in the expansion and contraction of the lungs. Sometimes it's even helpful to place the palm of one of your hands on the chest. Feel that rise and fall. Or maybe you're a belly breather and you're noticing natural up and down. Near the abdomen. Now, if you're new to this, at this point in time, there's very likely little voices saying, this isn't working for me, or I'm not good at this, or I don't like this, or I wish I was better at this, or why isn't fill in the blank happening for me, you know? So these voices that I'm describing, let's see what it feels like to just naturally See them as natural occurrences. In fact, they'll probably be voices of some degree uh, or, or another are likely to follow us for the rest of our lives. And so see what it, it might be like to just invite them as you hear them. Oh, I'm breathing and there's something that feels like I'm doing it wrong or I'm I should be doing it differently or something. And rather than
fight against judgment, or rather than judge judgment, just allow them and bring your attention gently back to breathing. Okay, now that we're familiar with the process in, in the sensations and the movements of our bodies, I do have a further technique, a tip that helps you bring your mind into this. It's sort of like, you know, when you want your dog to do a trick, a lot of times we have a treat for them. Our minds love little activities. And so we can invite the mind to come into our mindfulness exercise. And we're going to give it a very simple exercise. We're going to ask our brains to simply label each in-breath with the word in and the out breath out and then we're going to count one so in your hands follow me to the pace of your breathing not necessarily to the pace of mine if it feels unnatural in out one in Out, two, in, out, three, letting your mindful attention stay with the sensations, letting your mind count and label, labeling in, out, and let's see together if we can get to five on our own. Spoiler alert, it may be difficult to get to two, and that's okay. But see, just provide this gentle challenge for yourself and see what, see what it feels like to challenge yourself to get to five without interruption. And if you get distracted, just start back at one.
And now let's try this as a group again. In, out, one, gentle, soft, two, easy, slow, three, present moment, wonderful moment, four, present moment, safe moment, five, Let's take a mindful breath or two together as we close this meditation. And if your eyes are closed, beginning to open them. Okay, what thoughts do you have? Questions do you have? Well, I think at first for me, uh, I, I was concentrated on whether or not I was doing this correctly, quote unquote. You know, I think there was a tendency for me to go there. You know, should I be breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth? Should I be breathing in through my nose and out through my nose? So questions were coming up in my, my head and, and I was noticing there was like, I wasn't breathing, like there was constriction in my chest. It wasn't a real full breath, kind of going back to this correctness. Am I breathing correctly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's going to be literally impossible, Janine, to, to not have, what you're describing is something we're very conditioned to bring it's an attitude, it's a perspective we bring to everything we do. You can't even stand in line at the grocery store without thinking, am I doing this right? Am I in the right line? Do I look okay? You know, <laughs> yeah, am I in the right line? How do I fast, you know, how do I make this faster? You know, it's probably part of our wiring. It's probably part of our conditioning. Whatever the case, it's very normal. And so that's why I try to normalize it when we started you're gonna feel like you aren't doing this right like you wish you were doing something else you know this might be a spoiler alert but that's really what we want we want to put ourselves in a situation where we can see that not as the voice of absolute truth but like oh i've got a little nagging partner over here that wants me to believe i'm not doing this correctly Come on in, my old friend. Come on in, my old friend. Let's share this moment together. When you start, you know, it's not going to be overnight a relationship like that. But as you practice, you're really learning to tolerate the voices in your head, the attitudes that are from childhood, that are from humanity, you know? So is it that we want to invite them into our head rather than push them 
away from our head. Is that what I'm understanding? Like, I guess my natural thought when you said you want to invite them, no, yeah. I want to get them out of my head. You know, I want, I want them gone. I want them away from me. I was classifying a sort of plan A and a plan B. So this plan A, if you can remember like, oh, I'm practicing mindfulness right now. Plan A, I'm going to bring my attention to something that's safe and that's not my thoughts. Now that's an intentional movement away from thinking. That's I'm I'm going to be here and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to even see what it feels like to hold my attention there. It doesn't matter how great you are at doing this. The thoughts will come to you. So it's not a matter of just, you know, I'm just going to accept any thought no matter what. It's the fact that you don't have a choice. It's literally come to your door and it's there. So it's not about really, it's not about accepting it or not. It's more about recognizing it is here. Now what? Do I do battle with it? Because in the past that hasn't worked. Okay, what I'm gonna do is recognize it. Here it is. That's the form of acceptance. It's, it's forced its way into us. Our acceptance is recognition. Okay, here's the thought. Now it's sort of like, I'm going to let go and go back to plan A, back to breathing. And it's this natural cycle. You'll be with your breath for three or four breaths. The thought will come in. There's a recognition. I'm in plan B now. Okay. Oh, I'm in this brief daydream. Swept me away. Okay. And then this letting go is a sort of like acknowledgement. This is for better or worse, this happened to me, I'm recognizing this, and I'm deciding, I'm choosing courageously or, or with empowerment, I am choosing to come back to my breath. And so that's the form of acceptance that I'm um, advocating. I think so. Okay, so I've had plenty of these experiences that, <laughs> that we talk about. And, and I know that many of our listeners have probably experienced this too and just not being super specific or anything, but most recently there was an event that um, came to light and I kind of went through my day and just continued through my day until I sat down at the end of the day with nothing, no kids to put to bed, you know, everybody was in bed, everything was done. And then it kind of just crashes on me, right? And then, so I sat there and I, I let it be for a minute. And then I thought, okay, I need to go to bed though, because I have things that I have to do tomorrow. So I turned on a a guided meditation and I couldn't, I couldn't hear it over those thoughts about the, the situation and the emotions that it brought up and everything. So when you're in a state like this, highly emotional these thoughts are coming in. You're trying to find this mindful moment. Is there anything <laughs> to help you be successful? Because I tried and, and, and I'll, maybe I'll let you answer that. And then I'll tell you what I ended up doing. <laughs> Man, I wish this could be the silver bullet. That's just going to solve all the problems. And you know, the, the moment you're feeling any sort of discomfort in your life, you're just like <laughs> mindfulness switch. I feel great now. You know? <laughs> I know when I started, I wished it was, and I placed the burden of it, but you know, it's not. And 
to answer your question, there are many, many good answers to that question. Maybe we should cover the, the not so good answers. And a lot of people that are dealing with things like trauma can be uh, associated with maladaptive and even addictive behaviors in order to cope. The situation you just described, oh my gosh, if I had X, Y, or Z substance right now in my <laughs> veins, I would feel so much better. That's, that's a really real, compassionate, understandable response. But in the long term, we know it's not going to pan out the way you'd hope. So we first of all recognize, okay, there's a host of positive responses. There's a, po there's a host of not so positive responses. Now, I'm just going to recommend it's great for you to have a whole Batman tool belt of options in the moment like that. Mindfulness... It may be as you practice more that mindfulness in a moment will be an option, but, you know, a friend to talk to, a walk to go on, you know, an activity, a therapist, you know, various forms of lifelines in moments like that. I think it's nice to have multiple options and not to be too long winded, but I will describe what mindfulness looks like for me in a moment like you just described. So I'm hoping everyone listening can relate to what Naomi is talking about, because that is very, not only human, but it's specifically common for people dealing with trauma to get this in a sort of, for my specific issue, we'd call that a panic attack often when your anxiety reaches a level that you are out of it completely, the control is gone. Um, so yeah, I was dealing with a lot of panic attacks at the time and there's no way mindfulness was going to help me deal with those when I started. However, it did. I remember the day it became an option where, oh, my symptoms of panic attack are, are arriving. I'm feeling like maybe mindfulness might be a good way to deal with this. And so for me, I turned off the lights. I laid down flat on the bed and then I was just like, okay let's let the storm hit. I'm going to see what it feels like to be present and see what it feels like to let this be, to let be a panic attack, a storm, like let yourself really feel panic. It's, it wasn't available when I started, but I will say it's been about five years since I've had a panic attack. And I would definitely say mindfulness was one of the very helpful things to help me get over them. Awesome. So it really is just a, another tool in the tool belt that we can use. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part too, is letting the storm hit. For sure. What I ended up doing, let the storm hit, let myself cry and feel, yeah. even though I was like, this voice outside of me is saying, you've got to get up with the kids in the morning. You can't stay up like this. You've got to go to bed. You've got to sleep, you know? So there's this voice outside of me <laughs> telling me all the things that I should be doing instead of letting the emotion wash over me. <laughs> and, and at some point in time I did, yeah. you know, I got up in the middle of the night because <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I put a load of laundry in. I breathed, I walked, I laid down, turned on a meditation again, and was able to fall asleep. But it was a process. <laughs> it was definitely not easy. And, yeah. and that you're doing this wrong kept coming back. Like, 
don't turn on to meditation. That's not helping. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you need to do something else. I'd love to like maybe describe what mindfulness has felt like with now it's been a dozen years that I've been practicing this daily and, and dedicated. And I hope this again, I'm not, I'm just like not dashing anyone's hopes for this, but when I sit down and I'm mindful, so I, I show up with this sort of openness, you're, you're checking in, you're taking the pulse of your experience. When I do that, I don't think if I'm being very honest, I don't think I've ever checked in and been like, wow, I'm so enlightened all these years of meditation. I'm so, wow. I'm so, it's just like, I'm so amazing now. It's, it's almost like over time, what I've become okay with is the fact that I'm not okay. I just don't want to give people the hope that if they practice mindfulness, their problems and their traumas and their issues are all just going to evaporate. What feels true is you can relate to those things differently. So my process is like, I check in, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the typical mess of Dallin and I kind of like that, you know? I definitely have a strong sense of self-love, self-compassion, that feels new and feels directly correlated to practicing mindfulness. So I think that's something you could look forward to, but this isn't a perfectionist art in any form, you know? And I, I don't even know if that's something we should ever chase, perfectionism. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that, actually. I think that's very helpful. Thank you. I probably have a little bit of that perfectionism thing <laughs> trying to go on here. And then I think the deeper the deeper thing ties to control, you know, yeah. gaining some control over my life. After a life that has been so out of control, control seems like safety. So, Right. And I love this serenity prayer popularized by Alcoholics Anonymous. And I never can get it verbatim, but I'm sure you all understand the gist of it. There are elements of my life where I can definitely change and, and have control over. But there's also elements that I don't have control over. And me insisting on controlling the uncontrollable is making things worse. So this process of self-discovery, of understanding, oh, you know, like I was hinting with, Jeannie, about when you're meditating, those voices will come. You, those, are, those, are, those are things you cannot change to a certain degree. So when they come in, your only choice, the only rational choice is acceptance. Whether you're going to accept it or not won't change the outcome. That's when acceptance is quite actually necessary is to recognize, oh, so some things about my experience I cannot change. And this current thought pattern, it's diving at me like kamikaze divers. Okay, all right, let's just accept that for now. And then sometimes it has this counterintuitive effect of actually quieting the volume, you know? So um, it does feel very practical, but mm -hmm. sometimes a bit mysterious. I guess I have this other question. And I know our time's almost up. Thoughts come into our head and then they create the feelings in our bodies. I've often heard that we need to allow our emotions to move through us 
you know, what exactly does that mean? And how does mindfulness play into allowing that to happen? What's helpful for us to understand in this process? Does that make sense? The actual control we have over emotions is similar to thoughts. It's, It's not as much as we tend to think. More often than not, you'll find, okay, I'm checking in with my emotions. Is there something I can tweak here? Mm, not too much. Okay, well, now my only option is to sit with. Now, someone who's dealt their whole life with anxiety, that's not fun. Trauma and anxiety, you're dealing with a lot of that. When you feel your safety is violated, that is literally a fear response. And, and you're feeling that there's some alarm, like we're threatened, we're threatened, we're threatened. For me to be like, okay, my only option is to sit with this very uncomfortable feeling is um, so, is sometimes not very fun. This is why when we're starting, and even today, I'm recommending, again, a sort of an enlightened safety place, which is what I've been referring to as plan A or breathing or your anchor. What's a bummer for me is a lot of my anxiety is in my chest and in my throat, but I can still feel the breath at the nose and I'll just kind of hang out with my attention there, realize I'm safe, and then I might dip my toe back in to this anxiety. Is there part of us that feels like we can have some acceptance for that? Some days, yes, some days, no. Um, But I would say over time, my threshold of tolerance for my natural anxiety has grown. And what I would consider when I started, what I would have considered enemy number one, five-star alarm nowadays is just like some maybe annoying chirping in the background. So the relationship modulates over time, I feel. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? I feel for you guys. I, I guess we're just all in this human boat together and there's not, there's just not a lot of places we can get together and really acknowledge how difficult this can be. Yeah. (laughs) And, And so it takes some vulnerability to do what you guys are doing. So I, I feel like your heroes and your listeners are heroes and, Uh, Thanks for the honor of inviting me to join you. Thank you, Dallin. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I think it'll be helpful, um, especially to kind of have something to go back to and listen to. I know that there's a lot of people that don't feel safe reaching out yet for help and support. And so. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that just before I'll, I'll squeeze in before we end. I would recommend for your listeners um, who are women in trauma, I would recommend two female mindfulness teachers that you can find resources for online. And that is Dr. Kristen Neff, that's N-E-F-F, and then um, Tara Brock, T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. Either of those teachers, man, and it's not just simply because they're women, they are just phenomenal teachers. I myself refer to both of those teachers regularly. So I would highly recommend them. Awesome. Thank you. Great. That's good to know. Are there any apps that are helpful? They're all pretty good and helpful. Some of them just cost money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Are there any free ones? Insight Timer is the best free one. It was it started as a meditation timer and now there's a whole community. That's probably the best free one. Headspace is paid for. The working materials of Kristen Neff and Tara Brock are both things. There's going to be some program you, you, you'll end up paying for. So it's hard to escape that. But if you want to do the research, YouTube is an infinite resource of free mindfulness stuff. Um, it just takes a bit of, you know, sifting through what works for you and, and you know, what's not good. Yeah, so. it'd be great to have Kristen Neff on the podcast. Ooh, yeah. There is that element, right, of compassion that she brings to the mindfulness realm, right. correct? Yeah, so the program that I'm trained in is called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Hers is called Mindfulness Self-Compassion. It's the same program with a directive towards self-compassion rather than stress reduction. It's a very similar education. The reason I'm recommending her is because it is a great place when you're in trauma. Very excellent place to start. That's great to know. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I think it'll just be so helpful for everyone. So thank you for taking the time to be here with us and to do this with us. We really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. And good luck with your work. And thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, if you would like to enroll in an online therapist-led support group. We'll see you next time.